very good day to you. Welcome back to another edition of the Pick 6 podcast, where each week the three of us, myself, Ollie Wilson, Dave Bluck and Jazz Gillum, sit down and try to find a way to make some money out of watching the NFL with a cheeky pound bet. Uh, this week, Jazz, Dave and I, have well, we've all been celebrating Christmas and enjoying the festive period somewhat, but we kind of enjoyed last weekend a little bit more, really. I think it's been a great week. It's been, it's been a great week. Wonderful. There's a, there's a big smirk on Dave's face right now, which I begrudgingly will give him. Dave, good weekend last weekend. It was very good. I won our. We're in a ten-team fantasy league together. And you know, saying won... that a lot of people are instantly going, "Oh, ten-team." Oh, who cares about <laughs> fantasy? Oh, yeah, true. Because twelve-team is much more difficult. <laughs> Well, you say that, and in the the other league that I'm in, that you're also in, which is a 12-team league, I finished seventh and missed the playoffs and did very badly. So maybe 10 teams is my limit, but I have won the league. For how many times out of four? I've won it twice. The first, yeah, great. Yeah. The first coach, owner, you. GM, whatever, to win twice. <laughs> so it's an exclusive I mean... club of me. Would you say um, you're a more successful Bill O'Brien of the fantasy world of your small I would, that fantasy is, that's world? That's a comparison I would enjoy. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll yeah. Big Bill. Okay, we can give you that. <laughs> <laughs> Big Billy boy. Big Bill Bluck there. <laughs> yeah. No. Good week for me. But uh, my bet that I had I put on last week was absolutely terrible. I only got two out of six. So. I can't really crow about that. So with a win that. comes a loss. With a win comes a loss. But I think somebody, Jazz, did very well on the on the betting side of things. So if you remember from last week, I did have two bets that I made. I said one was a bit safer and one was a bit more risky. Turns out the safer one, not so safe. I got the thing I won four out of six on that one. But the more risky one, I had five games in the on the Sunday and then it went into the Packers-Vikings game with the, after, the evening game. It was 179 to one. And so the first five came in. They offered me a cash out of £60, I think it was. Thought, well, if I'm in for a penny, we're in for a pound. And then woke up on Tuesday morning, seeing the Packers have won. Saw an extra £200, no, £225 in my account. I was Ooh, very happy to see that. I Jazz didn't eight. know that with, with the, uh, the app that I use, I get an extra bonus for the six teams. So I got an extra £35 from it. So that was a great little Christmas gift. Very nice indeed, Jazz. Very happy nice that. indeed. That's a lot of mince pies, Jazz. That is, and brownies. Yeah. And brownies. I mean, the thing is, though, I think from that one win, you boys will struggle to ever get as much in terms of winning pots as oh, I've ever had. throwing down the gauntlet. Here we go. Here oh, yeah. We go. Well, when, when, my, when my bets are uh, amounting to 22 to 1 and 27 to 1, I think like, it's going to yeah, take me 10 seasons to grind it If I win one more, more I always seem to have the biggest odds because maybe I'm just crazy. Um, so that way, if I keep doing that, if I win one every three, four, five, six weeks, I'll just be shedding so head and shoulders, not shedding holders, head and shoulders above the rest of you. Very well played, Jazzy. Um, so that was, a, that was a win. Buy me a pint. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Please. Well, if you come to the pub on Christmas Eve, you would have had one. Yeah, that's true. No, I had to. I had to make my dash to then go and lie down on a sofa and shake for about twenty-four hours whilst <laughs> you did I was not look sick. Good yeah, yeah, it was not not a pretty Christmas on the on no. this side. But although the voice is still were, sounding really sexy, Ollie, you well, were happy at the weekend, though, if I remember, oh, Ollie. Was, Not about was, the betting. I don't think you well, did very well on that. Well, the, but. the bet, the betting went downhill pretty quickly because I bet obviously on the Bucks, and that's a really bad idea. And I bet so on the Bills. I. I bet on the Bills in New England, and so that's did a really I. bad idea. So <laughs> that was putting me zero and two before Saturday was even finished. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. So, yeah, your bets fell down literally at the very first. Absolutely, yeah. It's yeah, like the 100%. Grand National when you pick uh, you pick one because it's got your. Uh, <laughs> it, it goes down the first, and the it first goes fence. down at the first one, and they just they shoot it on the sidelines. <laughs> oh. um, I also oh, I also bet tough. on the Chargers who against the Raiders who didn't win. Chargers. Um, but I did get the victories with the Broncos and the Giants, which was I will take that. But the important one, the one I'm glad I lost. I'm so glad I lost. Especially after Richard Graves, both on this podcast and throughout the week, the week was just giving it so large <laughs> with the Dallas love. You can almost say maybe he jinxed it. I like to think he did. The Eagles beating the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, that was nice. That was real nice. 
That was really nice. I was a very stressed out. Even happy your man. even your voice, you're a bit ill today, Ollie, and even your voice is becoming up, clearer. It? It's all just I can just see it spring in his step. You know what? It was good actually because Richard was messaging me at the beginning of the game, and I sent him a message saying we just shouldn't talk during this. Let's not. Don't not out fall out. Yeah, I don't. I don't dislike the guy in any way, shape, or form. But it's just not good that we chat during this when it's quite stressful. And then at the end of the game, I sent I sent him a message saying I'm not going to be a smug idiot about it or anything like that. I'm not going to lord it over you. Um, like tough loss. But. No, no. And I just said, oh, okay. I just said like tough loss, like hard luck. And he just sent me like a list of every way that Dallas had been outplayed by Philadelphia. And that was more satisfying than anything that I could have thrown his way of him saying, Dallas didn't do this and this and this and this. And the Eagles did this and this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, basically. You've just taken all of the shade I'd have thrown at you and, and written Brilliant. it out yourself. It's like writing an, uh, writing on the blackboard for being a naughty kid and having to he write just, out what you did wrong. He just wrong. submitted like, like Harry Carey just in your... Uh... Your group message. Sometimes it's better to do that. If you get ahead of the abuse before it happens, that way you, nothing yeah. can hurt you. Yeah. You're impervious because you've already done everything you can. Until Stephen A. Smith's Twitter starts lighting up and then you start sending him all the links to all the videos that Stephen A. Smith was making about hating the Cowboys <laughs> and how they choke and stuff like that. I mean, that that Sometimes that man makes some good points. Sometimes he can be a little bit silly, yeah. Stephen A. Well, we've got another guest on the podcast this week, um, a guy who's probably gone through a fair bit over the Christmas period. Nothing to do with the family or Christmas, but just watching Jameis Winston. Uh, Charles Dagnall from the BBC. <laughs> Is uh, is on the podcast this week talking. He's a big Bucks fan. He's an NFL commentator here in the UK at times and uh, a big commentator on cricket for a number of outlets. Uh, he's talking all things Tampa Bay Buccaneers on this show. We got into a bit of uh, Marshawn Lynch's return, which is certainly tasting the rainbow again in terms of a little bit of sweetness coming back to Seattle in the running game oh, after they oh, lost. Oh, well done, Ollie. That is so well stitched together. I, I wish I had that written down as well. I'd like to repeat <laughs> that at some point on a bigger outlet, but that won't happen. So <laughs> I have <laughs> so to try good. and remember it. Um, that came off the cuff. I remember, I tipped my hat, my friend. I tipped my hat. That is fantastic. And uh, We had, uh, what else did we have? Uh, talking a little bit of Raiders, a little bit of Eagles, and not much Christmas. So Merry Christmas to you boys. I hope it was all all well and fine. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Enjoy the podcast. Over the middle, picked off! Season fired, intercepted! Blitz coming. Pass is picked off! He's going to go looking again, and it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore. Down on the right sideline. joining me uh, to have a quick chat of all things in the NFL, particularly the NFC South. Uh, a man who is uh, renowned for his cricket commentary on BT, on Sky and on the BBC. And of course, a man who's also dabbled in the world of NFL commentary as well. Charles Dagnall, uh, just before Christmas and in the Christmas spirit joining us on the podcast. Charles, mate, how, how are I your things? full of the Christmas spirit. Unlike you, OJ Wilson, I am full of it. I've got tinsel around the neck. I'm caroling to my heart's content. And I'm hoping for some for Santa to bring me something nice. He won't bring you something nice if you are not in the Christmas spirit like I am. I apologise for that. I don't even have a tree. There is not a bit of tinsel oh, in my flat. I've never had a tree in my harder. flat. Work harder. Work harder. I've got a Christmas jumper this year. I spent seven quid on a Christmas jumper. Well, that's quite a good bargain. Yeah. Well, at least you're at least you're sort of slowly and surely getting into it. By the time you're my age, which is 105, well, that's the way I feel anyway. <laughs> um, uh, then then you'll be fully Christmased up. Now, how many years have been taken off your life by following the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Oh, do you know what? I had thick, lustrous hair. Um, it was it was grown beautifully. And then, you know, ever since I've started supporting the books, I've got a receding hairline. It's gone from a lovely auburn colour to a sort of horrible, mousy, silver and pe- salt and peppery type of thing. Um, and that's one that's partly natural. And the other is is me tearing it out of my head. Um, so, so, you know, what? It, it has aged me uh, as many skin products as people buy me. It matters not. Um, there is no youthful look to me now. I'm almost like um, the uh, the picture of Dorian Gray. I am actually the picture, <laughs> all right. And and you know the the other me, 
the other me who would support someone like the New England Patriots is absolutely gorgeous and has perfect skin and perfect hair. But I am the picture of Dorian Gray after him doing all of his dastardly deeds following the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is how I am at the moment. This is in an alternate universe where you have no uh, faith and you have no you know, real humanity about yourself and you just sell yourself to the best NFL team that you could follow around. And instead, you're, you're lumbered in this universe with the, the heart and compassion uh, and, and the real drive to just get into the nitty gritty following a Bruce Arians, <laughs> Jameis Winston combination in Tampa. If I could find a wormhole, OJ, that would get me to that other place, I would. I would have found it so long ago and then my life would have been a completely different scenario. So that is why I'm so Christmassy. I have to forget all that's going on on the gridiron of uh, Raymond James Stadium and, and just get fully into Christmas so that all of the all of the bad elements of my NFL team are just eschewed and, and I can actually enjoy myself. There, there have been elements of fun around this Tampa Bay team though, right, this year? I mean... When for a neutral, hot. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, there, there are numerous different ways. I mean, you will you will probably know better than I. But but for, there are lots of different aspects to this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, which for the 18th year in succession. No, what did we win it in 2001? Uh, so so for the for the yeah for the 18th year in succession, uh, we're in transition, um, and it's a long <laughs> transition. Let me tell you. Uh, which has gone through many GMs and many head coaches. And there's some things they've got really, really right, which which I'm enjoying a lot. Um, the defensive front, I don't think there's many that are, are better around the NFL when you've got Ndomukun Sue and Vita Vea, uh, you know, in the, in, the, in the middle of that defensive line and Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. I think that's a pretty steady front line. Mm-hmm. The, the linebacking core is very, very good. Devin White and, and Levante David, you know, you've got some high-class talent there. And Todd Bowles has, has worked them into a brilliant run-stuffing team. And, you know, even, you know, C- Christian McCaffrey, as Tampa Bay is the only one he's really, really struggled with. So we're, I think, best against the run in the, in the entirety of the NFL. And then you go one level back to our lovely secondary. And that's why uh, people can just pass on us left, right and centre. Our secondary is absolutely atrocious um and you know granted we've got a couple of rookies in the corner uh we got what we've given away vernon hargraves and so we've not got an elite sort of stud corner any anymore that needs addressing so there are some good bits in that d and there are some horrific ones as well when you go offensively i don't mind our offensive line i think most team's offensive line could always do with a little bit of an upgrade but i don't mind it i think it's a pretty reasonable one Mm. um you know, when you've got stud receivers like Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, uh, O.J. Howard, or, or stud tight ends in, in O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray. Let's forget about his drop against the Texans, but usually he's money <laughs> is is Cameron Bray. I think that our offensive line is pretty reasonable. We need a better running game. Um, so, yes, that's where the O-line could work on a little bit. And so that James Winston doesn't have to pass 40 times uh, a, a game. But that said... He does pass, and usually when he does pass and drop back, that is the critical thing, mate, is that when he drops back and passes, you should know if you follow a team with a Rodgers, a Breeze, a Brady, you know, even uh, Garoppolo, even a, um, you know, even someone like Drew Locke at the moment, you know, rookie in at Denver, you know that pretty much the ball's going to go to one of, your, one of your own players. Well, it's an absolute lottery where the ball's going to go when Jameis lets it go. And you can't live like that as a, as a team, um, you know, or as a supporter. It might be great that the highest scorer, one of the highest scoring offences in, in, in the league. But when, you, when you're giving three, four, five turnovers a game, you just can't win anything. And, and the heart rate and the blood pressure soars when, uh, when watching them. So it's, it's frustration because there is huge talent there, but it is something that needs to be addressed fantastically and and i wonder that, that there is one decision this off season for the bucks there is just one are you going to stick with him are you going to give it are, are you going to not renew his contract and go in a different direction i have my thoughts on this um but it's it's that's the biggest question that jason light uh, faces this off season well I mean, the biggest question I'm going to ask you is what are your thoughts on whether you should stick or twist with Jameis before we get back to the secondary woes or anything like that? Because that is the, the going to be the talking point, as you say, for them going into this um, I think you move on. 
Now, there's, there's a, a number of reasons that you can argue that you shouldn't move on. One is his age. He is still very, very young. He might have been in the lead five years, but he is still very, very young. Um, my problem is, is that over five years, you expect development. Now, in certain areas, he has. But in others, his awareness um, of, you know, and his his ability to overthrow, that is what astonishes me. He's not nearly accurate enough. And, and I'm not talking about his inceptions. I'm talking about regulation stuff. They will say that his receivers drop a whole lot. I, I, I don't buy into that. You've got to put the ball in the right areas. You stick another quarterback with those receivers, you have got a different outcome. They are elite. And I would argue the best two receivers in the in the in the entire league. Mm. Um in, in Mike Evans and Chris God Godwin. Tall, rangy, quick, brilliant hands, strong. Um so so he's got the weapons to work with. So yes he's young. And, you know, but but you should have seen a far greater development or uh, uh, especially with his lack of mis or, or, or reducing the amount of mistakes that he's made. He's thrown 28 interceptions this year, 28 interceptions. You know, that's one and a half a game. Mm -hmm. uh, you're almost bordering on two a game. So that that ain't nearly good enough for any team. Is he going to lead you to a championship? My gut instinct is no. Even when he's 35 is no. I thought the same about Philip Rivers for different reasons. Um, I think the same about Cam Newton, weirdly. Um, but I don't think Jameis Winston is the person that will lead you to a championship. However, as far as I understand, and, and again, you will know better than I, because, you know, in the college game, uh, I don't follow it hugely closely, but apparently there are three top quarterbacks, which will be franchise quarterbacks for someone next year. We got to uh, the, the Bucks have got to, um, you know, seven and eight. And I don't think they're going to be in a position to draft one of those top three quarterbacks. When you look at who might be looking, word is the Colts are looking. Um, there's the Miami Dolphins that are going to be looking. I don't think Detroit will. and I don't think Washington with Haskins or the Giants with um, with Daniel Jones. They're not going to be looking. But it's it's those next level teams. Cincinnati are obviously going to be looking at quarterback. Will one drop to Tampa Bay at around about 14, 15, where they're going to be drafting? Possibly not. So do your franchise tag, um, Jameis, for another year. Granted, you're paying him a lot of money for one year and see how it plays out and whether he can do it and then go for a quarterback next year. Or do you trade up um, and use some of your uh, draft picks to try and secure one this year? If you believe... And if you're a GM, and it depends what happens with the GM at Tampa, let's be honest, but the coach is going nowhere. I'm absolutely convinced that Bruce Arians is going nowhere. I like what Todd Bowles has been doing with the defense, albeit we need improvements in the secondary. But but do you um, fight, love a guy that's coming out of college that much to say it's worth trading up to go and get him? There will be people who, with high draft picks who are going to be willing to listen because there are a lot more holes in their teams. You look at the Giants and Redskins, they're a perfect example. They need a lot of holes filling and would be open to trades, I have no doubt. So, in my opinion, if you love a guy in this next upcoming draft, then I think you trade up and I think you go and get the guy and say, thanks very much, Jameis, and let him go and try elsewhere. Yeah, you've got uh, Miami will surely be looking for a new quarterback yeah. and, the, and the Bengals as well. That could be two of those three stud quarterbacks out of Oregon, LSU and, uh, and Alabama going off the board. But you, you look further down and, and you kind of recognize that, you know, Pittsburgh might even think about something, to they be honest. May. Although they the don't San have the draft the, picks, the, I think, the, to trade the Los up. Los Angeles Chargers, they may be looking quarterback as well for the future. Um, you know, Philip Rivers is out of contract at the end of this year. Or do you throw a load of money at a veteran? Mm. Um, you know, because because of your receiving talent, do you actually turn around and 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 try and get someone for a, a stopgap measure to try and win now, and then look at drafting um, and getting in free agency somewhere to cover your secondary? That's what I'm talking about with the books. I don't think they're far away um, from actually having a, a, a very very decent, uh, a, not division winning potentially, but at least wild card playoff making roster. Um, it's just they need that guidance under centre. Uh, so you look at the division that the books are in. 
where you have, okay, albeit Atlanta and Carolina have been disappointing this season. Granted, um, you know, Carolina have had some high spots and Atlanta have just been dreadful. Um, But when you've got receivers, uh, you know, when you've you've got Michael Thomas at New Orleans, you've got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley at Atlanta, you need a a really good secondary. Mm. So, um, you know, there's lots for the books to think about. But if they love a guy enough, I think that's the way they go. And then for the majority of the rest of their trade pick, uh, draft picks, they just get people in the secondary and hope that one or two of them pan out. And, and that D-line as well, the uh, the pressure came fast and early in the season. Then it all went very quiet for a long period of time as well yeah. with uh, with Shaq Barrett and co uh, being able to get They've to quarterbacks. They've got to pay him as well. Mm. And, and again, I'd throw the world at him. There are not many elite defensive ends. Um, and the numbers that Shaq Barrett has put up uh, Jason Pierre-Paul as well. I love that defensive line. I think it's a very, but you've got the experience of Sue, who has been, statistically, you won't see him lighting up any boards, but he has had a very, very good season. Um, and uh, and I like that front two with him and Vea. Um, and and, and I, I think if they can keep hold of that defensive four up front, which I'm sure Todd Bowles would be delighted about if they could, uh, but you're going to have to pay Shaq Barrett. Um, but, you know, I think he's earned it. He's he's an elite rusher and they don't grow on trees. And uh, the one thing for that secondary, at least, is you've got three guys over 28 pretty much in it. And aside from that, it's all youngsters that can, for want of a better word, be groomed into playing a, an adequate to good level in the NFL, you would hope at least. So it, it's not it, it's still a longish term game that Bruce Arians can afford to play in Tampa. The trouble is, is that, as you say, that the strengths of that, NFC South when it's all firing on all cylinders and any of those teams can get hot at times as we've seen this year it suddenly becomes from what, from, from what I see OJ is that I think they need and this is going to sound ridiculous but I think they need organising and the way that you get organised especially on the field reactionary uh, it, you know top balls can't go out there and tell them what to do on the field what they need is a sort of general a secondary general now whichever I would say the, the the safety spot is the one that you get that uh, get that general in, mm. um, and so there is a little better organisation, a little bit of better communication. Yes, I agree. Um, they are young. You know, Jamel Dean has been uh, has been burnt on many many occasions since he's come in, but he is young. And yes, they can be groomed, but from a Bucks perspective, groom them quickly, would you? <laughs> is there any danger? Um, but look, you do go up against elite receivers in in the NFC South, um, albeit, you know, I, I think there is genuinely uh, when I look at the, 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 the Panthers and I look at the Falcons. Now, there are only small. I don't think it's like the NFC East where there are some pretty bang average teams in that. In that careful, division. careful what you say here. Careful what you say, Charles. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that, but there are. Let's be honest, uh, especially them ones in green. They're just terrible. Anyway, um, but but I tell you what, you would love the Philadelphia Eagles would love our receiving core at the moment. But, oh, yeah, anybody um, that can catch with, to be honest, right now, would be great. Yeah, actually. absolutely. It's 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 it's, it's a problem for you. Anyway, this is not about the Eagles. Um, uh, we're talking about potentially good football teams there. Uh, but I just I I think that um, if if they get organised general in that secondary they have another off season and work with Todd Bowles then there is a possibility Jamel Dean has has a, has a chance to do that but he's obviously got off to you know like a rabbit in the headlights to the to the level that he's going to be up against week in week out and yes I think that can happen um but I think it's it's that is the area that I think the Bucks need to address. Their run blocking needs improving. I actually think Ronald Jones is a decent back, you know. Um, I don't necessarily think our O-line is particularly good at run blocking. They're better at pass blocking. Um, but, you know, you've got to be careful where you spend your money and and how you draft. Um, I, I, I believe that that's what needs sorting out. I, I'm happy with the Peyton Barber-Ronald Jones combination, as in... Yes, it could be improved upon, but I think there are bigger problems. And it's nice having two backs that can. I mean, you've got a thousand yards in those two backs yeah. this season, so you and you can share the load. And if one goes down, you've got somebody that can pick up the slack, which is which is always a nice problem to have, really. Well, well it is. And if you can take ten passing attempts away from your quarterback, just with the threat 
of of having a decent running game, then I think that's it makes you a better rounded team. Play action then becomes much more effective. Um, and it, rather than actually sitting back, knowing that you can stop the run because it, knowing you can stop the runs for for two or three, and then not really make a dent in the in the in the drive that you're undertaking, knowing that you can drop back into coverage and James is going to try and pass or your quarterback is going to pass into into coverage where there's six or seven blokes. Yeah, they, those 10 passes, five of them will be touchdowns and five of them will be interceptions. So uh, yeah, quite right. Might as well which, give it to the running back. one could argue that would cancel each other out. <laughs> yeah, you could argue that. You could argue. I, I, it doesn't, but you could argue. Uh, you can argue. Charles, uh, I'll leave it there. Actually, no, quick prediction for the playoffs because we're getting very close to it all and everything like that. Who's going to end up on top? Oh... Do you know what? I, I as as pretty ordinary as they're playing. If I said anything other than New, the New England Patriots, I'd be foolish because they just find a way. Until that dude retires, they find a way. Yes, they're not playing the best football at the moment, but I I genuinely believe that experience in knockout situations is absolutely everything. Um, and I think that that Brady and the Patriots. There's not a huge amount in that AFC. That really that astounds me. I don't see, um, you know, a, a, a massively wild contender coming out. I really don't. Um, Baltimore have been great. Lamar Jackson hasn't had any playoff experience, or, or what he has is, uh, you know, negligible. Um, and I think that is something that you can never ever count out. So I'm I'm still backing the Patriots in the AFC. I like the Saints. I do like the Saints in the NFC. Again, you talk about experience. 49ers are in uncharted territory. I think they've been brilliant and really good to watch this year. But I think when it comes to a lads, a, I think that the the Saints and the Patriots are the ones that, that, that might just have that experience to step it up. Oh, it's not what I want to hear. It's not, I know not it's a not New England one again. Hear, but that's what you're going to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, man, thanks uh, thanks for the time, mate. Have a have a fantastic Christmas, man. And, and uh, it's always lovely to speak to you, mate. We see each other, no doubt, in the new year. And, and I enjoy OJ, by the way. On an on a NFL podcast, it's good to be called OJ. I mean, it's got I, some I, negative say, connotations. Hey, you're the juice. You're the juice, mate. <laughs> <laughs> like, from the outside... Watching the Bucks is almost enjoyable as long as they're not playing your team. Like, yeah, they're a fun one if you're watching Game Pass to sit down, and you'll see loads of highlights from it. You'll go back and watch the game because it's generally high scoring, and you get to watch Jameis Winston acting like an absolute prat ninety percent of the time. So yep. it's kind of fun for a neutral. But yeah, I can understand like if the Steelers started playing like that, just hit or miss be, every I week. I mean, that's kind of what they've been offensively the last sort of six or seven what, a little bit hit or mostly miss what was that that comment that we had which was uh james wins watching james winston uh lead the tampa bay buccaneers is like leaving your baby at a daycare center where they can either finish the day and have been like have taught chinese and learn chinese fluently or they're dead and there's a 50 50 <laughs> chance <laughs> There's a 50-50 chance of one of them happening. And I was like, that, yeah, that kind of sums it up, really. <laughs> That's James yeah, Wilson in a nutshell. That's the fan experience. That is, it's tough being a fan of the yeah. Bucks right, right now. But at least they're view, interesting. It's, and they're, yeah. uh, it's just, you just don't know where to go from here. I don't know what they're going to do in the off-season. And if they keep him, they're just rolling the dice again. Give him a two-year well, contract. Bring in some competition, he, maybe. I don't, it's very, very hard. If he stops throwing multiple picks a game, their offense would be not unstoppable, but very good. The issue is the mistakes he makes, and quite a lot of them are clearly mental. So if you put him into a game study mode, get Arians to get, go through the offense a bit more with him over the offseason and get him to really understand the intricacies, there's a chance he might be able to kind of get it going. There the is problem a, is, there is a if chance. it's ingrained in him. It's a chance, but, but not, that's just who he is. But one of the reasons why he's able to you know, compile these 400-yard games and, and get a lot of touchdowns is because he's playing so wild. So, you you know, it's, you, you, yeah, can't, you can't have one and, and not the other. Yeah. Also, if you were going to cut that out of his game, you would have seen that being, like, starting to happen this year. Arians yeah. has had a whole off-season and a whole year to get him to mature. Yeah, he's more Jameis than ever, isn't he? Yeah, if, yep, any, if anything, he's become true. more of a, a character. He's become a caricature of himself playing American football. He's he's kind of embraced his ideal, and is uh, is just 
It's just slinging it. Slinging it, whatever happens. He thinks he's Brett Favre and he's more like Brett Hunley. No, no. He thinks he's <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah. He thinks he's Fitzmagic and he's got none of it. No. Yeah, none of whatsoever. What There's no Winston wizardry in any way, shape or form. Ooh, um, nice Winston wizardry like that. Yeah. Speaking of Winston, I remember a picture I sent you last night saying the uh, the top leading touchdown receivers for him this year. Godwin with nine. Mike Evans with eight. The other team with six. Rashad Perriman with five and Cameron Brake with three. So the other team has scored the third most number of touchdowns from a throw from Jameis Winston. In in fairness, the other team is always open. It's difficult not to throw that way, you know. And he finds them very it's well. It's hard. It's hard being a quarterback. There's all these like defenders that want to get in the way of the passes that you throw. And yeah. you know, and I think every time I'd really like to have a mic'd up with Jameis Winston and every pick he's just like, ah, oh, didn't see him. I thought he was wearing red. Well, just, no, it's just a damn it. Every I think time. he just I th- yeah, I think he just sees his receivers. And then he's got much in the same way that my Skype uh, has managed to blank out, blur out <laughs> the, the background, background yeah. for some reason because I've tapped the wrong setting. I think Jameis Winston's got like vision where he can just see his receivers, and then if he throws it fine, that's okay. But he's not going to see that triple coverage and that linebacker coming across <laughs> because it's all blurry. He just it's blurry, and he's just so surprised when it goes wrong. So we're trying to say is he sees ghosts. <laughs> That's what you have. No, he just uh, he just he doesn't, doesn't even see, see the, the ghost. ghost. The ghost's just there. The poltergeist. Yeah. So it's almost completely wrapped up uh, in terms of the playoff bursts. In the AFC, five teams have already, as the as the Yanks would like to say, punched their tickets to the postseason. Uh, they do like saying that, don't they? They love that phrase. Baltimore uh, will have their home field advantage. Buffalo, Houston, Kansas City and the New England Patriots, of course. There's still a few teams firing out for the final wildcard spot. Oakland, Pittsburgh and Tennessee. In the NFC, there are five other teams that have uh, punched their tickets to the playoffs. In Green Bay, Minnesota, New Orleans, San Francisco and Seattle. And then, of course, there's the last remaining divisional winning spot from the NFC East, which we'll touch on uh, later on. It's kind of interesting, actually, that the NFC has wrapped up its wildcard spots as well. It shows the strength of the divisions, almost, like that those two have been split in half and Seattle and the 49ers have already got their wildcard bursts sorted out in one way, shape or form. And, and Minnesota and Green Bay have, have sorted out who's the divisional winner and who's got that wildcard spot coming out of the NFC North as well. Whereas the AFC is going a little more traditional and letting the wild card be the last thing that gets wrapped up rather than a divisional yeah. winner. Well, it keeps it interesting. I mean, in some ways, I think it's a shame that the Rams are going to be out of the playoffs and some like the Eagles and the Cowboys get in with a superior, with a weaker record and a worse team. Yeah, I, I don't mind it the Rams. The Eagles fan. I, no, I just don't mind the Rams missing out on it. I, look, I don't want to. I don't want to see eight and eight teams going into the playoffs. I don't want to see teams with losing records being in the playoffs. But at the same time, I, I like it when you've got a tough division. That makes the rest of the regular season exciting to see. You know, which of the three great teams, two or what, two or even one of them, might miss out on a playoff spot. So it's always yeah. interesting to see that competitiveness internally in a division. And I just don't I don't rate the Rams this year. They've blown no. hot and cold so much. And Goff has looked far more human. Oh, I think God Jazz's I think Jazz's point was you know, more generalized. Not he wasn't saying specifically the Rams, it's just an example yeah. of yeah. them this year that it's it's a, a shame for their fans that they're not gonna make the postseason. But yeah, I don't yeah. think we want to see any more Rams. They had, look, they that. had their chance and they choked it in the Super Bowl so hard last year that we'd you know, move over, step aside. There's there's new blood in town. Jimmy yeah, G's. Yeah, and they had their chances leaving. they had their chances this year. I know they're in a hard division with some surging teams, but uh, they could have still they could have still put up a challenge. It's not like, you know, the Vikings have kind of pulled back to the, the pack I a little bit, haven't they? They did put up a challenge. Yeah. They were still in the, the the hunt for a playoff spot until last week when they lost. Yeah. yeah. But the embarrassing yeah, I mean, way they lost to the Cowboys as well. I mean like you know, the Cowboys are all over the place and you know Yeah. Yeah, anyway. you can't lose the Cowboys. Let's uh, if you do that, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Let's look at the other teams though in that NFC West because the late night game is the 49ers against the Seattle Seahawks, and game of the uh, week. there's. Huge. Did you see 
the way Marshawn Lynch rolled up in the big Escalade. No, oh, no, I've so missed that. So good. Marshawn Lynch rolls up. So, um, who's the point guard for the Phoenix Suns who is Canadian? Steve Nash. Steve Nash yeah, yeah. Opens, okay. the, opens the door of this big 4x4 Escalade and it's millions of Skittles fall out the back of the Escalade. No and way! Bob, and Marshall Lynch steps out and it's like, yeah, he's got like an advertising logo on it. It's obviously all a PR <laughs> Sponsored by Skittles. Yeah, and DAZN and, and a few other companies as well. But it's like, yeah, he's back, baby. And he turns up to the press That's conference and he just sits down and says like, yeah, I'm back. I'm here to do a job. I hope you all had a good Christmas. And then just leaves, <laughs> ignores questions again. It's like, well, yeah, Marshall's yeah, yeah, yeah. back. Well, that's what he's there for. The legendary legend continues, isn't it? And and did you read the thing so about how last week he was at the Raiders fi- he, or two weeks ago, whenever it was, he was at the Raiders final game at the Coliseum, Doing handing tequila out shots. tequila shots. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now he's going to be playing NFL football again. It's kind Is of he- exciting having him back, even just for the jokey off-field stuff. It's that he really is. fun. What I yeah. what I'd like from you guys is some predictions on his production. I think it'd be really. It's going to be really interesting to see how much against, he gets the ball. Well, against the 49ers front seven, like or or include the playoffs as well. We can we can include the playoffs against okay. against the 49ers front seven. That's going to be tough. Tough. So tough. Yeah. Like, I, I can. I mean, under fifty yards this week. Yeah. Russell Wilson's going to have to win that game. Marshawn Lynch coming back into the team for what, a week and a, under a week. And getting himself sorted and ready to go under 50 yards against the Niners on uh, Sunday Night Football. Is he actually going to be the lead back, or are they going to be? They've still got Procise, haven't they? And no, he's injured. They've got Turbin. Yeah, Turbin's the lead back. They so Procise is injured as well. They lost Carson Procise last oh, week. Oh man. Okay, That's I thought they just they lost Carson. Marshawn off the uh, off the streets. God. Yeah. I think he'll be the, the goal line back. So you, if he's well, second well, and one on the goal line, yeah. it's gonna be inside <laughs> he, handoff to Marshall. How good would it be for them to get a, for him to get a touchdown, even if it's from two yards out? That that oh yeah, but I the think crowd will go that. wild for it. It'd be so good. You won't get a beast quake kind of run. You won't get the no. seventy yard handing people off left, right, and centre. But you might get a ten yard run that looks similar. That would be and so good. And those ten yard runs are all you're gonna need out of him. You're gonna have to limit his. His snaps because he's not going to be fully fit. Do you think How, he's? Do you think he's kept in shape? Do you think being back in the NFL has been a, a, a goal for him? Because it's not. We haven't heard anything about Marshawn Lynch, for instance, this whole year. And when the Eagles have yeah. had injury worries, you know, and, and come running back problems, and AJ, and Jay Ajayi came back. I mean, as an Eagles fan, I'd rather they went out and got Marshawn Lynch than Jay Ajayi. I don't think he would have gone anywhere else, though. It's just because it's no. Seattle and they're in yeah. trouble. But does, that, also, but does that show that he's just been off a radar, really, as well? So maybe he isn't. He's not. Point. He's not going to be game healthy. But maybe he's even less than what we hope he might be. If you're at week seventeen, if you're going to get another player to come into your offense, you're going to want one that's played in your system before, knows what the play calls are going to be, knows the verbiage, mm. knows what to do. And in theory, in fairness to running backs, they have a very simplified job in the NFL. You find a hole, you run through it. If it's not there, you just run up someone's backside. There's no having to figure out protections and coverages and no, oh, I've got an option route this way or that way. You get much more of a chance just to put your head down and go for it, which is what Marshawn's going to do. Because he's known the offense, and if he's kept himself in any sort of modicum of shape, he should be able to produce enough to make it make himself serviceable. I, hope um, so. I heard a report that he'd done two a days for the last eight to eight days, two weeks or so, to try and get himself fit and ready. That can't be enough. He had Surely it's too late. To, you know, I mean, you tell me, Jazz. You, you're, um, you know, a lot more about fitness. Um, but d- wouldn't you say been... that was too, kind of too late to make a big difference? You can make a difference in those two weeks, though. And if you're just yeah. going to be there to do, say, you're going to have 15 snaps a game, so it's 15 sprints, and you're going to maybe sprint those sprints two or three yards at times. There's no reason why you can't do that over a three-hour period. And that offensive line is is built for running. That's always yeah. been their culture there. That's what Pete Carroll wants to do. So it's it's not like that he's going into a team that isn't built for that. Well, yeah, the, so. the Seahawks are the number three rushing team in the league. Yeah. But the trouble is they lost Chris Carson, who was the second highest rusher in the league. That's the issue. But I never I never rated Chris Carson that much. I don't know about you guys, but I do think that it's... Year. He's had a good year. He, he no, has but... had a good year, but I don't, know if, I don't know if you could put a highlight... 
Penny real was about to take the starting. Penny was ta- about to take the starting role off Carson as well. Like Penny had, had been eating into his game time a little bit more and a little bit more over the last few weeks. I mean, we I spoke to a Seattle reporter about it, and she said, "Look, he's not the lead back yet, but his productivity has been better over the last few weeks than Carson." And they he had that breakout that. game, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was very much all up in the air, but that's almost a nice thing as well to have two running backs that are, have got similar production and it's solid production because then you don't miss a beat when you pull one out and, and they can both get rest and relaxation time. Now you've got uh, Turbin, who's, you know, a, a nice, too bad. A nice not bad punchy, when he came in. he's a nice punchy back, but, uh, you know, he's never been a number one back before and a Marshawn Lynch that might be asked to be a number one back and knows the system but isn't going to be it's it's a it's still quite a detrimental loss it puts even more pressure on Russell Wilson going into into playoff games at least they've Absolutely. got their playoff spots sorted um, and they yeah. they can take the division on Sunday night but it's very difficult to see particularly like your party's not trained on uh, on Wednesday the the big guard on the offensive line which is a problem and Dwayne Brown the tackle as well has been out. Just have a look at their uh, injury report from this week. And the other thing that a lot of people were talking about going into this game is getting pressure on Jimmy G, which is yep. is vitally important. And, and today, Clowney should be back. Clowney should be back. He's had limited participation this week. So That's going to be huge. Which is he massive. Said he's definitely going to play. And he's a big player. He's definitely going to play. Big game player as well. He tends and Bobby, to show and Bobby Wagner's fit as well coming off the ankle injury at the linebacker position so at least they've got some defensive weapons back and, and practicing this week and should be ready to go on Sunday night but it's a it's a big ask to put more on Russell Wilson if they win this I would give Russell Wilson the MVP so I've I would agree that he needs to get back to that early season mid-season kind of level because he's gone off the boil the last few weeks and if it makes that Lamar has become the number one candidate for MVP he's got it question. I'm surprised to hear you I say that, Ollie. Well. I think I think that's completely wrapped up. It puts him back in the conversation. I just I just think because Wilson has carried Lamar has, has obviously his ability has carried this team, but he's also had a lot of healthy weapons, and so I I don't think that Seattle team is as strong as Baltimore, and I think Wilson has done more to pull the Seattle team along. I yeah. think Wilson is as important as Lamar Jackson is for the Ravens Wilson is for the Seahawks and I think it depends how you judge the MVP doesn't it, it I mean but it's, I don't, re- it's I don't, really tight I think but, yeah. the, I think I've seen Russell Wilson have better seasons and I've seen him have a lot better games than than he has this year so I don't also, even know if this is his best season also well, he started off the season with his best season his last his first six seven eight weeks was probably the best he played yeah but with it's a, a team whole, that wasn't performing around him but it's a whole year isn't it I don't oh, know, exactly. and I think yeah, Lamar, no, I think Lamar's just done it consistently. Yeah, and he's yeah. and it's a record-breaking I, year as well. I just, I just, I just wonder if Lamar has it, perhaps slightly easier. It's easier for Lamar to do what he's doing than it is for Wilson to be as consistently high level as he was in the first eight weeks for the second eight weeks of the season. If you know what I mean, yeah. because it, because also, of the style of and the system and the still working out the Ravens and. And the options around, and having Mark Ingram and such as well. That, that's the Seahawks it. have had the probably the hardest division in football, because I mean the Cardinals have come of age in the last few weeks, and the Rams and the Forty ers they have had probably the hardest division in football. So if they've had the toughest tests in theory, when you really break it down, is this one that the Niners shouldn't lose? Is there so more? I went back to going on that one. So I went back to the Week Ten game they had. And the reason the Seahawks won that game is all three of their touchdowns came off big defensive plays. So you had the Clowney fumble return at the 10-yard line for a TD. You had Quandre Diggs taking the ball back to the San Francisco, I think it's a 24-yard, no, 16-yard line. And then Jimmy G was stripped and put the ball on the 24-yard line for the Seahawks. So you had very short fields and they took advantage of it. If the 49ers don't have those defensive turnovers, they win the game without question. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a case of if they can pressure Jimmy G, they got five sacks from last time. Can they do the same? Can they get more? If they do that and create the mistakes, the Seahawks have got a chance. But otherwise, I can't see the 49ers losing. Was that pre-Sanders as well? Or was that post-Sanders? Ooh, week 10. Uh, ooh, that could have been pre. Because that's another... That's just another option that then yeah. comes into play for for Jimmy G to be able to utilise and perhaps get the ball out a bit uh, a bit quicker as well. 
Yeah, I didn't check that one. I, I'm guessing it must be because it, I didn't, don't remember seeing him on the. Um, no, no, it, it was. It wasn't. It was uh, Sanders was there. Had two two receptions, twenty four yards. Oh, there you go. Well, so yeah, no, uh, negate. No, I, I wasn't. I wasn't sure there, Jazzy. I got. Um, I still think it's a coin flip, just because if it was, if it was at the 49ers, then I'd find it harder to see Seattle winning. Oh, just so you're back the, in the twelfth man. Yeah, I'm back in the twelfth man, and I think Russell Wilson is gonna is gonna show up. He tends to in these big games. Yeah, it's gonna be tight. I mean the. They both play really close games this year as well. Both of them have had savage seasons for winning or losing close games. So I can't see it being, you know, if spread bet wise, I think it would be within within a score, within seven. It's are within we, three. It's is that, three points. That's what they're... The Seahawks are a three-point underdog, so they're th- right, plus wow. three. So they're, they're seeing it as really tight as well then? They're seeing it tight, but they think the Seahawks aren't the favourite at home. Okay. Can they I... think the 49ers are the favourite. Can I throw some stats at you, which might oh, influ- love stats. which might Always. influence why we want Russell Wilson and the Seahawks to win this? So Russell Wilson has led. As, the... as this is coming from an Eagle fan, by the way, or just just a fan in general? Just a fan in general. Okay. Uh, Russell Wilson has led the Seahawks to the postseason for the seventh time in eight seasons as the team's starting quarterback, and is the first quarterback to lead his team to a winning record in each of his first eight seasons. In, and in the NFL, in NFL history. Because Brady, his first season was on the bench, so Brady doesn't get that accolade. Oh, Russell Wilson as a starter does. Uh, with a win over the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night, Seattle will capture the uh, NFC West division title and Wilson will earn his 87th regular season win. Now, this is why we want Russell Wilson to get this win, because he will surpass Tom Brady for the most regular season wins by a quarterback through the first eight seasons in the NFL. Brady only had 86, uh, and Wilson nice. will have 87. So, that is a good stat. I like that. So get on the Russell Wilson bandwagon to take a record away from Tom Brady and eat into that legacy. We'll keep him out of the Hall of Fame yet. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah, see, strip him of four rings and you got a chance. Not in my NFL, bro. Not in my NFL. No, sorry, strip him of five rings, probably. No, no, two rings doesn't get you in the Hall of Fame. Eli Manning. There we go. Doesn't get uh, Unfortunately, he'll make it. He won't. He won't. You know, he'll, of course he'll make it. He was a Super Bowl MVP twice. I don't like it. I'm not saying I think it's a good thing. He's too... He'll make it. Unfortunately, he's too popular with... Um, people who vote. The people that will be voting on it. That's you the know, issue. Because they don't see what we see. He won't be a first ballot. No way. <laughs> But if he has a weaker class, he might just sneak in the first time round. I hope. You know, I hope they put him. Don't put him in for like sixty, seventy years. <laughs> I hope they put him in, and then they cut to Peyton, and he doesn't celebrate like he did to him in the uh, yeah in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. Disgrace. Shouldn't be Disgrace. in there. Just shouldn't be in there. The um, thing is, you can't you can't hope he's not gonna be there for sixty or seventy years because if you leave it that long, what will happen is the voters be like, oh, who's this guy? He's won two Super Bowls, MVP twice. Play for this many years, of course you should be in the Super Bowl. But we might be dead by then, Jazz. That's fine, you know, as long as we're not alive to see it happen. (laughs) That's the criteria. Yeah, as long as I don't have to see it. I mean, that could be. One of the other games that is worth looking at. Is the Eagles against the New York Giants because oh, you don't believe, do you? Yeah, that's right. Sorry, because I struggle. I mean, I kind of I've, I've listened to everybody saying that the Eagles over the last three weeks have looked so much better, and Carson's got this great connection with Ward, and and Goddard was I mean, Goddard was great against the Cowboys and such, and so and Miles Sanders is the offensive rookie of the year for me. So, yeah, great. I'm I'm suddenly buying into it, and I know the moment I buy into it is when it all comes crumbling down around me and Eagles go to MetLife and balls it all up and the New York Giants win and the Cowboys beat Washington and it's all over and done with and we're screwed again so yeah I don't know it's like a horror show this should be a nothing game (laughs) shouldn't it it's like a horror show this should be an absolute nothing game at the end of the year but there's so much riding on it it? (laughs) oh it had to be big blue and they looked you know last last week they put up savage numbers yeah, you know, if, Bart, if, if Saquon shows up like he did before, Jones looked good. I wouldn't say but great, again, 
but that was the Washington defense they're playing up against. Yeah, but that's so. a Washington defense that the Eagles struggled with as well. So I was going to say the again. Washington defense has been better in the last four or five weeks. Their games haven't been very high scoring. Um, pretty pretty useless last week. Just putting that out there. What I worry yeah, is that's they're fair. probably on the beach already, mate. They're probably already on the beach thinking, oh, I'm in Miami in two weeks. It's fine. Just get through this week. Don't break a leg. Don't injure my hamstring. I'll be fine. No rehab. Go live the high life. You, I suddenly what? thought you meant Miami in February, and I was confused. I was <laughs> oh, like, no. I was no, like, how no, are they going to no. go to the Super Bowl? <laughs> no, no, I think they're going to be on the beach somewhere, just chilling out. So I they're probably you. mentally have checked out. Well, they're not going to be at the Pro Bowl either, are they, most of them? So, you no. Know. <laughs> no. Not a single one of them. They won't have a single, single Pro Bowl player. Made, did they? I don't know if they did or not. I don't really check Pro Bowl rosters that much because I don't really did. tend to care about it. Anyway, well, it depends if it gets into the... Do you guys vote in it? Do you vote? No, I did. I've never voted. I never watched it. I think it's pretty dumb. Fair enough. I think it's no pro bowl because they're trying to limit the safety (laughs) aspect, which is totally fine. But I, I just think if they're allowed to play a bit more freely and had more of a, I like the fact that they changed the incentive. So if you win the game, you get paid more off than if you lose it. But people still aren't going out there. Like uh, Sean Taylor did to Thomas Morstead. Yeah, I was about to say, let's see more Sean Taylor killing punters. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want to see. Fans the punter, he got what a straight horrible back way up, to end someone's helmet, career, though, in the Pro Bowl. I want, I want the skills challenge, and I want special teams skills players challenge. getting lit up by hard-hitting safeties. That's my Pro Bowl right there. <laughs> <laughs> the skills challenge is very good, though. I do enjoy that. I do think that's a good addition they've added in. It's kind of fun, but it's kind is... of like they've gone to, like I don't know, some kind of weird Disneyland... Well, that's the like, they, they used to have it. The punting and kicking, the kicking one used to be quite interesting where they had to hit left post, right post and centre post and stuff like that. But I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's all because it's all televised and is done for it's, I mean, it's ESPN. So it's done for Disney, ESPN and Disney, aren't they? Their own Disney own ESPN. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, there we go. So I didn't all... know that, but that gives credence to my comments, so right. I'll take it. It also explains a lot of their production on Monday Night Football as well, to be honest, with the number of like silly graphics and naff stuff that they have all over the place to try and make yep. it for the family. Oh, yeah, I like that. No, I'm not. Big I'm... flashing lights. Anyway, save it for the for the Pro Bowl podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, I only <laughs> wanted to... be two minutes long with me talking by the sound of things. I only wanted yeah. to touch on my own... the NFC East. <laughs> That matchup, but I don't want to stay on it too much because the bets will basically show what we think about those. To be honest, um, the last thing is the Oakland Raiders can make the playoffs. In so some... I don't really understand how they can make it. So that requires what a Tennessee loss, Steelers loss. What they yeah what they else? need a Titans and Steelers loss, and then they need the Colts, need the Colts to beat the to Jags. Win, yeah. Which I can I see. How does that how does that help them? How have the Colts got I, a say? I think in this? it's because if the Colts beat the Jags, then they'll be level with the Titans and would have right. the advantage over the Titans, but the Raiders would have the advantage over the Colts, so the oh, Raiders man. would slide into the wildcard spot. Uh, I see. Okay. I mean, <laughs> the Raiders should and could have been in the playoffs this year. Yeah, they, they, it shows you how close they, they, the how they could have kind of easily got into it they if they hadn't just crumbled. The Jags yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. Just, oh my god. And they've been, a, but that's the team they've been all year. They've been a team that sometimes has shown real. I love the performance against the Bears at London was excellent, and you really thought like the London trip tends to kick teams on a bit, and they were really good. And Hunter Renfro's come really good towards the back end of the season. He's looked good, yeah. And obviously, uh, Josh, Josh Jacobs is a running back for the future for them. And Carr hasn't looked a disaster at Waller times. Waller as well. Waller's been good. Waller's good. Um, uh, Moreau as well, the other tight end that they've had yeah, has been has been nice, a nice pair of hands for them. Like it's Max a, Crosby has looked good on the defensive line. There's Clayton Farrell is not too not too bad either. There's quality there. Oh, well. Their defense is pretty poor. I'd say their throughout the year their defense has to, been poor. Starting to show something though, man. They're starting to do something. But okay. the point is, is that every so often they go from being like, yeah, we're the Raiders and we can be a cohesive unit and and work well and and play well and. And, oh, no, no, we're just going to soil our mattress right here, actually, this week and just leave it. I mean, <laughs> there is there is not as hot and cold as Jameis Winston, but they are kind of similar in that, like, big games or big moments and it, or times you expect them to be able to make the easy play or an easy victory, and they then just end up just ballsing it up. It's been a good year for Gruden, and I think you give a lot of credit to Gruden 
considering also, uh, all the stuff Mayock. that's happened. Yeah, yeah. I think they had a good draft class. I think they've done pretty well out of that. And considering everything Jonathan that's Abram happened this really year. Jonathan looked really good before he got injured. He looked like an absolute um, idiot on hard knocks, but turns out, pretty good player. Yeah, but at, at the same time, it's just not been... You know, good enough. But it's, it's a young team, isn't it? You can't get consistency from a young team. That's the issue. Consistency comes from a bit more maturity and a bit more experience and being battle-tested. Is Derek, is Derek Carr going to keep his job next year? Has he done enough for you guys? I think he does, because I think do. he's done well enough. Because who else are you going to go out and get? Well, I know, but they they could get a comp- they could get a rookie in, have some competition. Uh, but they're probably gonna be picking high enough to get yeah, one of the really. There's good no ones. point That's trading up for one of the big guys the coming out. Or, or what's his face, Joe Burrow. Burrow or the uh, the the lad out of Oregon or yeah mm-hmm. the uh, the lad out of Ohio State. Chase um, as well. Yeah. So there's no point. Those are going to go off the board really quickly, and te- other teams with m- more desperate needs Much will trade gl- up for more glaring needs. Yeah. But um, or they're already there. Like the Bengals are already there. Yeah. So they're gonna. They're slide, not gonna be slide in there, Cincinnati. Don't they're worry. There. They are ready to pick whoever the hell they want. Take take a selection from the smorgasbord of quarterbacks that you have in front of you <laughs> at this yeah. draft. But did you just just as a insert talking about the Bengals? You guys, you were saying Ollie how um, it was on your radar a little bit that they would say um, they punched their ticket to the playoffs when they're talking yeah, about yeah. teams. With the Bengals, when they were losing in the game last week, they just kept saying, "Oh, they're they're first on the clock. They're first on the clock." They were making such a big thing of like them being like they're on the clock now for the draft yep. in May, mm. and it just really annoyed me. Yeah, well, it's true though. They they had yeah, I know. all I that just, time to take it, the, the, the like commentary on it and stuff was just like ah, uh, just seemed a bit. But I will be back from my work on Sunday in time to see the start of the Eagles-Dallas game at 9.30. Oh, so, man. Ooh. Yeah, so I'm just going to settle in and turn my phone off, I think. Okay. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's a good might, idea. Might just do that. <laughs> just just give us, like, at the end of the game, just say, marked safe from you're okay. So what I want to do is have you not have anything and then just never speak to you again. Yeah. Just appears from the face of the earth. <laughs> yeah, just I'll disappear s- into the mess. No I'll more podcasts. Yeah. No I'll more I'll send a message friends. that says home and then yeah. you won't <laughs> hear from me for maybe like four hours or something. Yeah, we'll do it that way. Okay, this, these but, are the games that are coming up, are coming up this week and there's a lot of naffness in them. We've got the Jets against the Bills, the Saints against the Panthers, the Browns against the Bengals, the Packers, Lions, Chargers against the Chiefs, Bears against the Vikings, Dolphins, Patriots, Falcons, Bucks, Steelers, Ravens going into the later games at 9.30, Washington against the Cowboys, Titans, Texans, Colts, Jags, Eagles, Giants, Raiders, Broncos, Cardinals, Rams and the Niners against Seattle as the finale on Sunday night. Oh, mama. So out of that, I've gone with uh, the Falcons over the Bucks. Mm-hmm. I've got the Jets over the Bills. Uh, I've got the Steelers winning against the Ravens because they're going to be playing their backups. I've got the Colts against the Jags. I've got the Eagles against the Giants, your boys. And I've got Tennessee beating... The Texans, but I can't. I could see getting two out of six there easily, and yeah. that's not even that good at odds. I'm getting twenty-seven to one, which is, wow. which isn't great. And I think there's some really risky games in there. So I'm afraid I'm uh, not feeling great about my bets this week. Um, I think Jazzy's Jazzy's got some interesting ones, um, yeah. but we'll see. Maybe I might get multiples. Might I'm get just going to mention one. Just yeah, go, go for, for it one this week. So my it's actually similar to yours actually, Dave. I've got Jets, Falcons, Steelers, because I think the Bills are going to play the backups. The Bucks, I'm believing it's going to be a Winston five pick game rather than anything else, as we spoke about before. I think the Steelers should have enough to beat RG three in the Ravens backups because they have nothing to play for. I think the Bears will beat the Vikings because the Vikings have got nothing to play for. The Raiders beat the Broncos to keep their playoff hopes alive. Ooh. And I've got Tennessee minus three point five, so three point five point favorite to beat the Texans. And what are you getting that's for that? I can think and that's seventy three point ninety eight p per one pound. Tasty, lovely, very nice. Well, I'm going so, for I'm I'm back in the the Dirty Birds in Atlanta over the Bucks. Dirty Boys. 
I don't know why. So betting against Winston is stupid, and betting on <laughs> on the Cleveland Browns is stupid as well. But I'm going Browns to beat the Bengals. I'm going bold. the Raiders to beat the Broncos. I'm going the Eagles to beat the Giants. I'm going the Seahawks to beat the Niners, and I'm going the Cowboys to beat Washington. And that's giving me around about 36 to 1, but I've done a little odds boost as well, so I've got about 44 to 1 on that one. Oh, I'm nice. Not, I'm not... It's Yeah, the Bucks screwed me last week, as we mentioned earlier, and I... I yeah, Winston, they did. They did me as well. Is, Winston is so that. likely to just muller me again, and then... Yeah. The issue is, though, even if they go down by multiple touchdowns, you don't know if they're going to come back or not. There was the game against the Colts. They were down, I think, maybe three touchdowns. And they somehow come back and win the game. Yeah. And then and then betting on the Browns is just stupid. But it was all for the sake yeah. of getting some odds. But I can't see the Bengals won't want to finish with, like, oh, let's get a win and make it a two-win season. Like, So, so one of my other ones, I've got Bengals plus 2.5 because I think the Bengals might just do it. Uh, yes. Or be within... a. A thing, but I'm not going to mention those ones today. So they're all just there's a lot of weird games on that slate. Even even yeah. if they were games that mattered, and it wasn't yeah. like a week 17 nonsense, they are hard games to do anyway. So I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I think some of them, if you know that I've got. The, the first team's going to be playing and have something to play for. They're, some of the like, outcomes are quite easy to pick, but they're really heavily favoured matchups. Like the Saints Panthers, you know, that if the Saints starters are all playing. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. Saints are going to smash the Panthers. Yeah, it's just getting so odds probably... on that though. You know, you can yeah, make you That's could make trouble. a six-team one, but your odds will be about I don't know seven to one, to one or something. <laughs> Tough times. Yeah. Well, I'm the only one. I need a win. You do need a win. Thanks to Charles Dagnall for joining us on the show this week. You can follow him on Twitter at Charles Dagnall. That's at Charles Dagnall. Big thanks to Jazz and Dave, as always. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter via the usual address, which is pick six underscore pod. That's pick six underscore pod. And we're also available on Instagram as well. UK underscore pick underscore six underscore podcast. That's UK underscore pick underscore six underscore podcast. Get onto iTunes, Spotify, and all the other good podcasting outlets, including Google Podcast to like, subscribe to the show. And of course you can find us on anchor.fm our sponsor. Until next time, enjoy the final week of the regular season.